0: Hello and welcome to School Safety Today, a podcast brought to you by Raptor Technologies. I'm your host Michelle Dawn Mooney, and today we are talking about more than a badge—the link between SROs and student well-being. And we all know that there is a priority, of course, to maintain safety among our students. And SROs have had different roles over the past several years. Before the late 1990s, law enforcement in schools was perhaps more of an anomaly than a common and expected occurrence, but Unfortunately, over the last 20 years, we have seen the partnerships needed even more so because of threats and school violence, and it is something that we never want to see, but we are better prepared today than we were years ago because of SROs and what they do. In our past few episodes, we have heard from school law enforcement experts who have shared about school police departments, such as Chief Jeff Yarbrough, who created the Round Rock Independent School District Department in Texas, which is a common model for the state. We also heard from Sergeant Kyle Worthington. And as you remember, he serves as part of the Seminole County Sheriff's Department, where they are one of only a few Florida school districts that have a school office captain in charge of and with oversight of the School District's Office of School Safety. So from sheriff's office partnerships to school police departments and with titles of deputy, captain, chief, police liaison, or school resource officer, there is no question that this is a role that has great impact in our school district. So today I am pleased to bring you the perspective of a female pioneer in the world of school policing. Deputy Heather Norred has served in the law enforcement world for 24 years, 14 of which she has been a school Resource Officer. She is currently the SRO at Wacoochee Elementary in Lee County, Alabama, and I am thrilled to bring her on today. She has a wealth of other credits on her resume, but I'm going to let Heather tell us a little bit more about her professional background before we go into the topic at hand.
1: Good morning, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. Um, 24 years has gone by so fast. Uh, When I first started in law enforcement, I was uh, 26 years old, very young, and it was in April of 1999, which was just a few weeks prior to Columbine happening. Um, so I worked patrol for a city police department, Opelika Police Department, and um, moved on with my career, the years that kind of went by. I started in Their housing authority program, it's called the COPS program, community-oriented policing, and I rode bike patrol there. Um, Really enjoyed the whole community aspect of law enforcement, and I really felt like it was a good fit for me. Uh, I enjoyed riding my bike and stopping and talking to people in the community, um, when my kids would go trick or treating they 'd get too much candy, so I would save it up and i 'd take it and give to the kids in the neighborhood so I could talk to them and hang out with them a little bit and build those relationships uh, so when something happens in the community, they felt much more comfortable to come talk to me. they felt like they could trust me and it, it worked out so many times with uh, major incidents uh, to have that trust in the community and then I was Offered a position in the schools, and I, you know, I really don't even know what that means. What is a school resource officer? So uh, I met with my now sergeant several times, and she explained it to me. And I said, you know, I really think this is something I would like to do. And now, 14 years later, um, I have had a great time. Not only have I grown professionally in my knowledge of the job uh, and what I could use different things for like mental health background and um, trauma and things like that, but also I've grown personally, and I have built such wonderful relationships in the schools, I love the collaboration we have with our school district, Um, and I love watching the kids smile On Fridays at the elementary school I'm in, I'll wear a little chicken hat or a cow hat or something kind of crazy so that they make it looks something for them to look forward to. And they wonder what I'm going to wear. And they'll ask me all the time. Why are you wearing that? And I said, well, are you smiling right now? Yeah, that's exactly why I'm doing it, because I just want you to smile and I want you to have a good day. So. Just even just growing personally. It's been an uh, awesome opportunity to be a part of Lee County Sheriff's Office SRO team and great opportunity to work in the schools and to build friendships and relationships over the years. Um, And then becoming a NASRO instructor, never thought I would do that. And my sergeant pushed me into that uh, against my will, but I have loved it and I love seeing the new faces of SRO and training up that next generation because. Eventually, I'm going to have to pass on my baton, so to speak, to somebody else and let them take over. And I want the best candidates in my schools with my children and my grandchildren go to schools in Lee County. And I want them protected and I want them to have the best officer that they can on their campus. So that's that's just the next step uh, that I took in my career is being that natural instructor. And then providing quality training through our state association uh, to educators and administrators and other law enforcement that training has to continue
0: so it's been It's been a wonderful career, and you have done so much in so many. Aspects of what you do on personal and professional level, we'll get into that a little bit more later. But twenty-four years in law enforcement, fourteen years as a school resource officer, you're currently serving, as we said, in Wacouche Elementary, Lee County Schools, Alabama. You're also a trainer for NASRO, the National Association of School Resource Officers, and a female pioneer in the SRO field of law enforcement. So many accomplishments. We will talk about that a little bit later too, but let's talk about the topic at hand and maybe get a little bit of a background if we can, because as I stated earlier, we have seen a shift in what the SRO officers are looked to do and what they have been doing. So if you can set the stage for us a little bit, the difference we've seen from the early days of SROs and what type of role they play in today's world.
1: I think when SROs were first being introduced into the schools um, around Columbine, right after that, we saw that increase of school resource officers. Uh, Of course, they were in the schools prior to, um, but now we've had that increase. And then Sandy Hook, I think, was another catalyst for putting more school resource officers on our campuses. Um, And it has changed so much. Um, even in the classroom as a NASRO trainer, uh, I see a difference over the years of who we have sitting in those classes. Uh, a lot of times it was maybe somebody that was older and they were looking for a better schedule, work schedule, and they might place them in the schools. And But now we're seeing so many different types of law enforcement officers coming in. We have. Uh, even on my team alone, we have a SWAT team member. Uh, we have two canine officers. Uh, we have females and uh, and males. So it's just completely changed. This has become such a uh, wonderful unit within law enforcement. I, t- I tell people it's the best kept secret in law enforcement, uh, especially if you've bought into the community oriented policing philosophy, uh, which I just absolutely love. And it works. So that has become uh, a an, an very important part when you work on a school campus.
0: So when you talk about the difference that you've seen with SRO officers in general over the years, you know, one of the first things that comes to mind is having on-site law enforcement to be able to respond to an active shooter situation, a lot of training that goes on with that, but it is so much more than that. So let's talk about the transformation of the purpose and the responsibilities of SROs?
1: Well, I don't see the the SRO as being that plug and play position. Um, Not everybody that's in law enforcement can come onto a school campus and do what we do. Um, We need those type of officers on patrol and in other divisions, um, but not all of them are suited for the school setting. And from, I've worked patrol before and working patrol and dealing with juveniles, The paperwork's different. The the way you handle the situation is different. Um, So it can be uh, more intimidating sometimes if you're not doing it on a regular basis. So not everybody can just come into the school. Uh, But we train our unit trains regularly for the active shooter situation or an active killing situation on our campuses. Um, during the summer we utilize our school campuses. We have a great relationship with our school system. They allow us to come onto the campus and we train and we we work going down the halls, we respond to um, an, a direct to the threat situation or where we're having to locate where the threat is. We go over all those different types of things. Um, then we also go through training during the summer where uh, we might go to the Nazro conference, or um, I'm the the chief financial officer for the Alabama Association of School Resource Officers, and we have excellent training there during the summer. Uh, that brings together all parts of the school system. You have your law enforcement piece, but you also have the counseling piece and the social working piece, and um, the education piece. So all that has to work together, and we have to collaborate together. So we have administrators and educators and uh, law enforcement coming together to train so we all understand each other's roles.
0: I know that you take this job so seriously, and it really is a part of your heart now. And it's gotta be disheartening to hear the occasional debate on the value of having police officers in schools. And it is really hard to look at something and say, okay, well, X amount of attacks were thwarted or because we didn't have this type of violence That shows that it's because of police presence, because it's hard to prove. But when you're talking about the real value of what you just mentioned, of all the roles and the capacities of how SROs are making a difference, how do you get that message out there to school staff, parents, the community at large, to let them see just how much of a value that is?
1: I am very, very fortunate that I live in a community and I work in a community that absolutely loves and appreciates us being on the school campuses. And the school that I worked in prior to this one, I spent a good six years there and I lived about two miles from that school. So it was my, my community and um, my home. So I feel like for for me, it's been an easy I haven't had any issues, but I know that that nationwide there are other places and other communities that um, don't support the school resource officer programs or they want to take them out of the schools. And the push of the school to prison pipeline, thinking that our reason for being in the schools is just to arrest juveniles. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, I feel like if I've arrested a child that I failed somewhere. Where could I have done better to have met the needs of that child prior to them entering, in, entering into the um, justice system? So um, I will try to work with them and um, educate them and hopefully prevent them because after all, they are still children. They're still developing and they're still learning uh, life skills and how to handle their emotions um, along with ABC and one two three while they're in school. So all of that works together. Um, so I definitely try to convey that we're, that's not what we're here for. We're here to partner with the schools, with the teachers, administration, counselors, social workers, everybody that's involved to support and help our children be successful in life. And we're just another part of that, um, integrating into the school community. It's, it's my beat, so to speak. And um, that's what I'm here for, is to build the relationships with our students so that they have somebody that they can turn to and someone they can talk to.
0: I love that you share that. And clearly you really take this to heart and you take it personally. As you said, you know, every time there's an instance with an arrest, what could I have done differently? Why is it so important for you to take on the responsibility of student well-being?
1: Well, we look at... The why, just like you asked why, we look at the why also, so if I have a child that's behaving in a certain way, I want to know why what's the root of that behavior? and if I can answer that why and I can help that child, that has the possibility of preventing some type of act of violence um, on our campus or maybe them going down a road that that would cause them to become unsuccessful and to stop some goals that they might have and that's what we're trying to do as school resource officers is answer the why and I'll I'll share a brief story and it's not my story it's my sergeant's story Um, but she observed a child sitting out in the hallway and she stopped and said why are you out in the hall and the little boy said well The teacher called me up to the front of the classroom to write a math problem on the board. And um, I started making jokes and and acting silly. So she made me sit out in the hall. So my sergeant says, well, why were you doing that when you were called up to do that math problem? And he said, because I don't know how to do it. And it's better for me to come get in trouble than for me to embarrass myself in front of my friends. So she went and found somebody that was able to tutor him in math. And to help him develop those math skills that he was missing. So the next time he got called up to the board to do a math problem, he did not have an issue with it. He was confident. He was able to do the math problem. And then he sees her later on in the hall and he says, hey, I made a B on that math test and everything worked out great. So that, that's a small thing, but it's a huge thing, too. And not saying that every student that has a problem like that is going to be a school shooter or commit some type of violence, but there is that possibility um, because statistically grievances are the number one thing um, for active shooters or uh, acts of violence on our campus. So if we can kind of decrease those and we can help them understand that there, there are resources, there's ways that we can help. Uh, And then there he's going to come and he's next time he has an issue, he's going to find that trusted adult and say, hey, what can you help me? What can you do for me?
0: That gave me the chills when you shared that. I mean, because it really is so emotional. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, when you talk about these active shooter situations or any type of threat, what's the core where does it come from? What's the why? And it's so important to look into that. And it's not an overnight success. It, it takes time and connecting with these students and really learning about them. I want to go into some statistics when it comes to police officers in schools. The Pew Research Center found that 65% of parents who have children in K-12 through schools are at least somewhat worried about a shooting happening at their children's schools. Now, that same research indicates that 82% of U.S. parents say that having a police officer or an armed security stationed in schools would be at least somewhat effective at preventing school shootings. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about how being able to respond to an active threat is still very much a part of what you do.
1: Absolutely. We still train. Like I said earlier, we train for that uh, during the summers. That's our big push. That's our free time to to go ahead and get that training done. And being in the schools, you you have to carefully select that right officer to be in the school. And then you have to properly train them. So the school setting is is different from working out on the road. But in another sense, you're there on that campus. That's your your patrol area, and you're making sure everything's safe. Um, But if something happens, you have to respond. And you might be by yourself. Some of our schools are rural and it will take a long time for backup to come. So I have to already know how I'm going to respond in that situation. And that's where our training comes in play. We practice that so we know how we're going to respond. Um, Sheriff Mike Neal, he was a he stopped an active shooter and we listened to him speak one year at one of our conferences And he said something that really spoke volumes to me. He said, your body won't go where your mind has not already been. So if I'm not already thinking about what I would do in a situation and how I would respond, then my body might not go. And that can't happen. Uh, I had a young lady, sixth grader, so she'd be about 12 Uh, She and I were having a conversation in the lunchroom one day and she asked me, she said. If we had someone shooting up our school, are you coming in to stop him? And. Of course. I assured her that, yes, I would. That I've already made that decision with myself. That I will be there. And I'm coming in even if I'm by myself. And she said, well, what if you're on another, uh, the other side of the campus and you're far away? And I told her, I said, I'm running and I'm trying to see you. But our kids think about that. They see the news too. They see instances where officers have not gone in. They, they see the areas where law enforcement has failed. And I want to reassure them that in Lee County, we are training and we are working hard.
0: And it takes a special person to be in that role, Heather. And I know I speak for a lot of people and and thank you for what you do. Let's talk about the key takeaway here, the importance of everything that we talked about with the training, I mean, obviously that threat is not going away. We will have more active shooter situations. Tragically, there will be more shootings and we can't stop that. What we can do is how we respond, how we prevent the number of those instances happening. So you talk about the relationships, you talked about the boy who couldn't do the math problem and really getting down to the base of of why and why those actions happened. Um, the little girl who has fears of what will happen, will somebody be there to protect her? And you're building these relationships. How important is it for those one-to-one relationships you're building, um, serving as an example, but more importantly, a legacy that is witnessed in the growth and the education of the students that you're interacting with?
1: It is very important because... These are things that they're going to take with them the rest of their life, because violence isn't just happening on our school campuses. It is at Walmart. It's at movie theaters. It's in restaurants, Um, unfortunately. But what I can convey to them. And what I can teach them on how to protect themselves, uh, I do have conversations with students about being aware situationally aware of things that are going on. Same thing with teachers. Uh, We do trainings with our teachers to help them to see things a little bit differently uh, because that's the world that I live in, but not everybody else lives in that type of world. So uh, I wanna make sure that they know when they're out and about outside of school, the things that they can do.
0: Um, And then I think it's just, it
1: just boils down so much to those relationships of how important that is. Uh, Years ago, I had to arrest a young man um, for drugs on campus. And he later grew up, he made a mistake and got married. He has two beautiful children now, and I was invited to his wedding. So those are the things that I hold on to um, that I know that. I've made a difference and I've built those relationships and that I've helped to educate them, maybe not just about um, the bad guy coming to hurt them, but other things, how to shake hands. We do a too good for drugs and violence program and then we do a celebration where they get a certificate and I'll talk to them about how to shake hands before coming up to receive their certificate so that they know that. And that's something that's a skill they can take with them outside of school as they interview for jobs and things like that. So um, I think that's that's the key. I would rather work with our, my students and prevent than have to respond. So I want to put the work on the forefront of preventing things. Uh, the United States Secret Service uh, has a threat assessment. And one of the things that they talk about is a positive factor in a child's life? What is the positive factor in a child's life? Uh, who is the adult? Who's that one adult that is a positive role model in their life? And I will ask students that have are having behavioral issues or we're having to do a behavioral threat assessment on who's that one adult that you can go to? Is it a teacher? Is it a parent? Uh, a grandparent? You know, somebody at church? Maybe? Do you have a trusted adult? And if they say no, that's concerning to me. And I want to try to, to fill that gap either with myself or if I can find somebody else like a um, big brother program or something that can bring that mentor into their life and help to make those changes for them.
0: Final thoughts, uh, the push. We talked about a lot of debate over the value of SROs, but you know, a final push for for the public, for school officials for students for for everyone to understand the necessity of having sros in place
1: again i think it's going to go back to that right officer in the school that they are carefully selected by their department and then they're properly trained because there is so much more to it than just walking around the school with your badge and your gun and being that authority figure There's, you're dealing with children that are in adolescent brain. You're dealing with children of diverse cultures. You're dealing with children that have uh, ACEs, numerous ACEs, adverse childhood experiences. Um, You're dealing with children that are using social media and have complete free access to social media. And that's a whole different component uh, that comes onto the campus that causes problems during the day. So if they're properly trained and they're made aware that these are the things that you need to know about when you deal with children on our school campuses, uh, that helps them to be a much better, more well-rounded school resource officer. Um, so get that person that's ready to go, that, that's that's passionate, that, that loves kids. I mean, if they don't like kids, they don't need to be in school. Um, And that they're willing to learn other aspects. Even the stuff that I've learned being in school, I wish I knew when I worked patrol. I wish I knew better how to deal with with people with autism um, or that have gone through some type of trauma, that they're going to respond differently. So, having those skills and continuing your training throughout your career in the schools is so important because we learn more. Unfortunately, every incident that we have, we learn something else. And that's something else to add that we need to train on and we need to learn about. Um, So. Continuing that training and then integrating into that school community, being a part of it, uh, jumping in on basketball games during PE or sitting in the dunk tank when they have a fall festival fundraiser. and Meeting the parents and getting to know the parents in the community, that's all a part of it. And when they trust you and they know you, and they know you care. They're going to come to you and they're going to talk to you and they're going to let you know about situations uh, before it becomes a major problem.
0: Beautifully said. Heather Nord is a deputy sheriff with Lee County Sheriff's Office assigned to the school resource office division for Wakuchi Elementary in Lee County, Alabama. And she has a wealth of other credits to her name. Uh, we talked about her law enforcement experience. She is on several boards. She is a NASRO instructor. She is a CPR instructor, Too Good for Drugs and Violence instructor, ASP Baton instructor, RAD instructor, Alert instructor, Tasers chief financial officer. Uh, Heather is 2020 recipient of the James Anderson Award for her service following an EF4 tornado. She also looks for ways to aid the youth in her community, as you know, and part of the Lee County Children's Policy Council on Substance Abuse. She is also, this blows my mind, she's also the mother of four children, two grandchildren, and two more on the way. So Heather, I don't know how you have time for any downtime. And I am especially appreciative of the time that you're able to give us today because you are all over the place. Thank you so much, Heather, for joining me today. It really was such a pleasure and an honor to meet you. And once again, thank you for all that you do.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me.
0: And Thank you again, Heather. We want to thank all of you for listening and tuning in to School Safety Today, a Raptor Technologies podcast. If you would like to learn more about Raptor and what they do, you can visit raptortech.com and be sure to subscribe to our podcast. want to wish you a very safe winter break. We will be taking a break until January of 2023, and we look forward to having you join us again for another year of valuable guests and poignant insights on school safety as Raptor invites you to work together to maintain the protection of every school, every student, every day. Thanks again for joining us. I'm your host, Michelle Dawn Mooney. We will see you soon.